This is Rebecca Lowe, or Rebecca Lua, if you listen to Suboptimal Radio, and you are listening to Men in Blazers on the NBC Sports Network. It's unbelievable! It's Rog. It's Friday. Not just any Friday, but the morning after the night before. A sensational happening that will be long remembered in Premier League history. Yes, it really finally happened. Arsenal won an away game. A jest, a jest. All hail Liverpool Football Club. Once a football in Grey Gardens, now Premier League champions. And they didn't so much as have to boot up to do so. Oh, Chelsea Football Club. Name a team that loves pissing in the punch more. They stunned Manchester City last night. All thanks to a little-known young 21-year-old from Hershey, Pennsylvania. Have you heard of him? Oh, there could be a chance on here. Pulisic picks up the loose ball and he could be in. Christian Pulisic for Chelsea, 1-0! The US international scores his second goal in two games. And it could be a massive goal for Liverpool Football Club as well. When that ball went in, I felt so very sick. Don't worry, I will live because football is the most important, least important thing, as they say. A place where you can suffer the darkest agonies and then totally just walk away unscathed. That is what is great about it. And one of my darkest fears in life really for the past 30 years has been Liverpool winning the title it's happened it's happened and I'm now oh furiously trying to rationalize it all away like it's not like they have to now oversee domestic policy foreign policy and fight the pandemic or anything the world will go on pretty much the same even though it's now totally different Oh, and I can't wait for Liverpool to have to defend that title as every single oligarch and petrodollar-fueled team reloads. Come on, you oligarchs. Come on, you petrodollar-fueled whatever you are. Next season, mark thy words, will be Everton's year. We'll talk more about that and our Hershey Lord and Saviour in a moment. But let me just acknowledge, full disclosure, yeah, this was a tough night for me. Uh, and I want to say... After this year of global pandemic and the Black Lives Matter protest, even I, dark of heart, recognise that Liverpool's glory brings joy to millions. And that feeling, that feeling is exactly what the world needs right now. So much to cheer about for Reds fans in a time of darkness, even fleetingly, glory, wonder. I can hear the sound of memories being made. I can't be against that. I can't. As John Oliver keeps reminding me, if you cannot appreciate Jurgen Klopp, you cannot appreciate life. And I said what he's achieved in his four and a half years at Anfield transcends sports. The team are amazing. They've obliterated all comers this season, won the league with a record-setting seven games still to go. I'll say it. No asterisk. Oh, that hurt me more than I can tell you. But let's dive in pick through the gigantic questions about Liverpool, titles, life and love. Question one. How's it going, Raj and Devo? Uh, Colin from Lawrence, Kansas. My name's Brett. 
Um, I've been a Liverpool supporter for about eight years now. I'm sitting here watching the dying minutes of Chelsea and Man City, and it, I'm, I am speechless. I feel this beautiful sense of catharsis that I, I kind of forgot that sports brought this kind of joy to people. <laughs> and I, I don't know what to say other than I just, I'm extremely happy. Um, hoping you're all well and, uh, always courage. Lawrence, oh, when I interviewed Jurgen Klopp last time, he told me that memories should be made from the small moments on the journey and not just the act of winning and lifting the trophy itself. And I love that approach to life. I do, mostly because, well, it's very liberating as an Everton fan. There might not be a lot of trophy lifting, but that, that is true about life itself. Life is not always full of trophy lifting. And if it was, it would be... It'll be all the worse for it. So I'm thrilled for you, your family, your memories, and you undoubtedly have a lot to feel amazingly about. I mean, the glory, the football you've seen, the squad, filled with remarkable characters from front to back. That Trident, Mo Salah, Mane, crazy Bobby Firmino, the Andre 3000, the football, that man mountain, Big Verge at the back in front of the handsomest goalkeeper of all time and either side flanking him Trent and Robbo those two young dragons just flying burning up the flanks that Klopp himself was known to run down and above all Hendo a bloke who arrived at Anfield somewhat of a kind of Phil Jones category punchline and then through sheer force of will has transformed himself into a Liverpool legend on the team that won 26 out of 27 league games from August to the end of February, that haven't lost at home in the league in three years, whose creative force is a young right-back, more on Trent in a moment, and a club that spent just $113 million net on transfer fees over the last five years. So much to unpack. I'll say I'm sad that Liverpool didn't win it on the field. I'm sad that the Anfield faithful couldn't make memories together and just save a 90 minutes as the clock ticked down with full-throated wonder watching that team one more time. My brother, as you all know, has had a season ticket at Anfield and the thought of him not being able to make memories with his son in person, well, that's just the world that we're living in. I heard from a lot of Liverpool fans last night. One of my mates told me, he wrote, I found the final whistle quite overwhelming. It was almost infantilising. Take me back to being 13 years old, where I was and what the world was like 30 years ago. To me, that's the power of football right there. And I love that. The way it empowers you to glimpse your deepest humanity. Next question. Hi, Raj. This is Liz in South Bend, Indiana. I am a Gunner supporter. My husband is a Red. I am currently expecting our second child, and with Liverpool maybe winning the title today or later this week, does that mean I have to make this baby a Red? How do I save him or her or let them decide later? I need help. Courage. Liz, you know... I'm now genuinely excited to hear what you ultimately call your baby, boy or girl. I think I'm going to give you a one-time exemption from uh, naming it Nigel. I joked last night that in nine months' time, it's going to be thousands of babies born across Liverpool. 
all of them named Polisic. Trent, probably more likely. Let me know what you come up with. God, I will admit, mixed emotions for me. When Polisic scored that goal, his seventh of the league season, I'm not going to lie. Let's take a listen to the Rodge cam. Oh, Christian, what are you doing? Oh, my God, mixed emotions. You just handed Liverpool the title, mate. Oh, what a moment for America. American player. Winning the title from an American 18. Oh, Christian, you broke my heart. You broke my heart. Some goal, half the field, six touches, six seconds, one majestic stutter step, drawing in Mendy. It doesn't need much to draw in Mendy, does it, and allow him to self-destruct. Oh, some play, though, like watching Devon Hester return a kick. And what I loved about it most was the finish. Christian had so much time, too much time to think, to panic, to second guess. That finish, though, was all superlative confidence. And it orcas well, so well. A young star who believes in himself, who's feeling himself right now. Our nation needs that. And ultimately, that was what was remarkable to me about this moment, that it was a young American starlet scoring the goal that handed the title to an American-owned team. Sport the future? Sport the future no more. Liverpool Football Club, owned by FSG of Boston, saved by FSG of Boston, really. When they stepped in to buy the club in October 2010, Liverpool were floundering. Financially in meltdown, toxic locker room, fans on the brink of mutiny. A process of change began. It's not been a straight line to glory. The early days were tough. I remember John Henry having to write an open letter to angry Liverpool fans in 2012. Brendan Rodgers had just taken over the team. The transfer winner had just shut. The club had failed to land the striker they needed. And the fan base were livid. Livid. Hashtag FSG out was everywhere. Everywhere. You know, the club were not spending the cash to bring in the quality of players that they thought they needed. I remember, I remember going up to interview Tom Werner in Boston and tweeting, oh, what questions have you got from Tom Werner? And, and the questions were all like, Announce Mkhitaryan! Where's William? Just furious, furious Liverpool fans who were disappointed at the quality of the incoming. But FSG stayed the course. They learned their lessons. Mike Gordon is a remarkable bloke, the FSG president, and he's overseen the turnaround. Turnaround propelled by strategic leadership, a real ability to learn from their mistakes. Andy Carroll, anyone? And I'll say this, to break the Red Sox curse in 2004 was amazing. What a feat. This time, though, the Brain Trust have done it again, but with the whole world watching. Next question. Hi, Raj. Brian here from Goshen, Indiana. I'm a toffee... U.S. national teams, Colorado Rapids, and Chicago Red Stars supporter. You've recently shared about your best parenting achievement is raising your four kids to be Everton fans. I'm still working on my kids to become Evertonians, and the jury's still out, though my seven-year-old son does love the U.S. women's national team and still talks about the 13-0 drubbing of Thailand last summer. My question to you is, what advice do you have for instilling not just our footballing values, but our cultural values as we bring up the next generation? I love that question about values, Brian, because when I think about Liverpool's success over the past five seasons, I, I do see it as a triumph 
of values. And those values come from one man, Jurgen Klopp. Yes, a bloke who arrived on Merseyside and instantly, instinctively showed he understood the Scouse mentality, the Scouse value system, the Scouse yearning. But it's he who enforced his value system on the club, a value system that transcends sports, a value system that's been a platform on which all the tactics, and there's been many, that's squad building, impressive, but both of them have been constructed on a bed of Jurgen Klopp's values. And those values, they've often been articulated, a collective spirit, trust, confidence, humility, and above all, tenacity. And that's what I really admire about Liverpool under Klopp. And yes, as an Evertonian, I know I'm meant to despise everything, but you know what? Sod that, because in this world, right now, we've got to be football fans based on love and not hate. The world does not need any more hate. So what I admire most is how he's infused this squad with his tenacious approach to life. You know, lose a Champions League final in heartbreaking fashion to Real Madrid. Get back into that final the next year and go and win it all. Trail Manchester City, not just any Manchester City, but one of the greatest sides to ever kick a football in the Premier League. Lose the title to them by a single point in last season's campaign. Reload. Go again and obliterate all comers the next. That is amazing. Win or fail beautifully while trying. That is the only way. The only way in football and in life. And I'll say, last night, I found it incredibly moving to see Jurgen Klopp leave that interview. The first interview after the title was finally Liverpool's. To watch him tear up, to watch him cry, was, it was devastating. You know, because what's frustrated me about Jurgen Klopp over the years is that when I interview him, he's always more comfortable playing the role of like the lovable maverick jester. Pull my finger! (laughs) That guy. But when you look at his career from Mainz to Dortmund to Liverpool, he's just a serial monogamist and is a peerless overseer of transformational leadership and cultural change. That is some heavy crap, but it's a side of himself he prefers not to show. And last night, in that moment of glory, the mask dropped, and we saw the real Jürgen, and it was humanly beautiful. Oh, unfortunately, I have no words. It's unbelievable. It's much more than I ever thought would be possible, um, becoming chairman with this with this club is absolutely incredible. Um, knowing how much Kenny supported us, it's for you as well, Kenny. Eh? You had to wait another 30 years that your club can win it. It's for Stevie, uh, who had to wait uh, a long time. And now it's for all, because this all is built on your soul, Kenny, on the legs on, of Stevie. And um, the boys admire you. And um, it is easy for me to motivate the team because of our great history. It's. It's a big moment. I cannot. I, I have no real words to be honest. Um, I, I, it's, it's such a big moment. I'm completely overwhelmed. I never would have thought that it, that it would feel like this. I have no idea. And um, it's just big. Sorry, gentlemen. Yeah. Um, see you. All the best. What an uncommonly decent man. Next question, please. Hey, Raj. It's Mark Dolce, Vernon Hills, Illinois. And uh, I don't support any team. I just watch it all. How is your relationship with Nigel uh, now that Liverpool has clinched uh, the title? 
I'm interested in that family dynamic and whether that has uh, proceeded smoothly or whether we're now only communicating via semaphore. Thanks. Bye. Oh, Nige. Bless. My brother. Older brother. Who, though we come from three generations of Everton fans somehow, and I've got to tell you, I know you all want me to get him on the pod so he can explain how, but even Nige does not know exactly how or why or when Nige became a Liverpool fan. In my mind, probably a bandwagoner, because we both spent our formative years witnessing Liverpool stars perpetually cruise by our road aboard an open-top bus. A searing sight. The players lolling casually around the cup on the front of the upper deck, a pose that suggested winning really been no sweat at all. The victors would occasionally chuck down packets of sponsored chewing gum from their lofty perch towards we <sighs> peasants below. Mostly their adoring rucking fans, but I had always be in there trying to grab a packet. But because the booty was associated with the enemy, I couldn't consume it in public. I'd chomp on it guiltily at night in the privacy of my bedroom, replete with its single bed, surrounded by posters of my grim-faced Everton heroes who'd look down at me in the darkness of the room. And that kind of upbringing scars a boy. As you well know, I am a dark human being, a gent who's lived most of his life reveling in schadenfreude. It was always all right that Everton didn't win the league because they didn't win it either. (laughs) And the sound of Liverpool fans' shattered dreams and full-throated yearning always drowned out our own. However, my brother, he was delirious last night. And the low point for me was when his son, who's grown up going to watch Liverpool, he's 14, said to me, I've waited my whole life for this, my whole life whole life. He's got no idea what waiting your whole life feels like, says this Everton fan. I will admit, I felt a touch of the Sunderland till I dies last night. Why is it never us, celebrating? Why is it never us? Why is it never us celebrating? And here's what I don't like. I don't like how this win will make money rain down on Liverpool Football Club. Financial Times had an amazing piece. I tweeted it out about what Liverpool will gain through glory. The club's success will make it more likely it will expand its stadium, add to the hospitality seat, add more big spending. But all of this, bottom line, just that money, sponsorship money, commercial money pouring into the club right now. Oh, that's going to make the next 10 years even less fun. But I do love what it will do for my city, Liverpool. That simmering, defiant, and to me, beautiful city. In the 1980s, it was economically troubled. But the Reds and the Blues winning titles made it English football's capital. An intoxicating halo that reinforced the uniqueness of the city. First established by the Beatles, you know, football and music gave our town Liverpool a global recognition that other urban areas, your Birmingham's, your Newcastle's, and at the time, Manchester couldn't possess. Liverpool will do that again in glory and even more so because the club are such a mighty driver for the city. The Financial Times calculated that the Reds contribute about 4% of the economic activity in Liverpool every year. So shine on City of Liverpool, shine on. As for my brother, 
And all Liverpool fans who've had to wait that whole 30 years, I can't deny them human happiness because I want that so deeply for myself, for my own team. So I have to be happy for them when they experience it. Thank you especially to GFOP John Green, who texted me to say he only hopes to have my empathy and kindness when, quote, Everton win the 2027 Premier League title under the talismanic leadership of Tony Hibbert. Oh, inshallah, as Tony Hibbert himself would say. Above all, I'm happy for Trent Alexander-Arnold. A gent who has made every single one of his footballing dreams come true. He's won the Champions League, Super Cup, the Club World Cup, and now that coveted league title. And he's just 21 years of age. And best of all, he's a local lad. Proper scouser, grew up in West Derby, right by the Liverpool training ground, which he used to spend time walking around trying to find holes in the fence so he could look through and steal a glimpse of his hero, Stephen Gerrard, training. Stevie Gerrard, the man who came so close to leading Liverpool to the promised land, only to fall agonisingly and never make it. How harrowing must that have been for Trent to see his hero defanged and defeated only to pick up the baton and march to glory. To me, that is remarkable. And to do it all with your boyhood club. Football doesn't get any better than that. Humanly, that is the hero's journey. For the first time in 30 years, Liverpool Football Club are back on their effing perch. A position they'd once occupied by divine right and come so close to reclaiming over the last three decades, only to watch it slip away. The mistake from Liverpool's mercurial captain, Steven Gerrard. Enter manager Jurgen Klopp, applying his unrelenting gig and pressing style of play nuanced hug fuel man management and dispatching life wisdom after life wisdom. Make sure that you don't drink too much because otherwise you don't, can't remember the party anymore. <laughs> Buoyed by this Teutonic Care Bear, the cop started to roar a little louder, believe a little more and regain its unique ability to suck the ball into the net. But Klopp learned party in the front means nothing if you're not all business at the back. The arrivals of calm as you like Dutchman Mountain Virgil van Dijk and dashingly heroic goalkeeper Allison solidified the team's spine, allowing Klopp's fullbacks, translucent Scottish wonder Andy Robbo and born and bred scouser Trent Alexander-Arnold to burn up and down the flanks like a pair of Khaleesi's dragons. Yet few embody the ethos of this team like its captain, Jordan Henderson. Summoning a tenacity that sees him perpetually nipping at opponents' heels and living in their heads. As an Evertonian, I have hated every single moment of watching Liverpool return to glory. But as a football fan and human being, which about 3% of me still is, it's impossible not to tip your cap to a team that's given the world so much to cheer in a time of darkness.